This is the Drive-In Podcast, episode 37, take one. Bada bing, bada boom. Welcome to the 37th episode of the Drive-In Podcast. On today's episode, we have the Express Checkup with yours truly, Dr. O. We have our review of Taylor Sheridan's new film, Those Who Wish Me Dead from HBO Max. And then we have our top billing of the greatest supporting actors. So use the bathroom now, grab your popcorn, and enjoy the 37th episode of the Drive-In Podcast. Boys, boys, boys. 37th episode of the drive-in podcast the weather's looking nice we're getting 90 degree weather up here in connecticut i think it's almost drive-in theater season what do you think boys oh big time big time drive-in vibes big time and on top of that regular movie theaters are opening up almost to full capacity and soon to be at full capacity Mm. summer blockbuster season we are we are in buzzing time where I mean, I, I think it's great because I'm just going to appreciate everything so more, so much more. So I'm be hitting the drive-ins all year, all summer. You guys are going to be listening to the drive-in all summer. And uh, yeah, I mean, movie theaters are back. I, I just can't wait. Drive, drive-in reviews coming up from uh, the YouTube. We got to oh, throw yeah. that in there. Stay okay? tuned. We will be reviewing movie theaters absolutely all right we got to hit those outdoor venues and we're gonna hit the uh we got full capacity indoors like nez is saying we're throwing interviews at you all right we're going popcorn reviews soda reviews drink reviews whatever whatever they're selling we're taking it and we're reviewing it ricky flex how are we doing great i'm looking forward to i actually just passed the drive-in theater yesterday and thought the same thing i'm looking forward to going to those but and also reviewing them with both of you for our audience but I'm honestly looking forward to this because we have a lot to talk about on the checkup. I know it's an express style, but a lot of interesting things have happened since we last talked and also interesting top billing this week. So I'm looking forward to it, boys. It should be interessante. What do you boys say? Let's get to the checkup, huh? Let's do it. One more moment, doctor. Bringing you the latest news in the movie industry. This is the checkup with Dr. O. Dr. O, check us out. Netflix's Knives Out 2 cast is being finalized with several major names signing on the dotted line. We have Katherine Hahn, who just won Best Villain at Sunday's MTV Awards. Yeah, because those matter. And Edward Norton. Join a stacked ensemble that includes Daniel Craig, Janelle Monet, and Dave Bautista. Stacked. Shang-Chi and Free Guy were released exclusively in theaters for 45 days before being released on Disney+. Plus. Shang-Chi will release in theaters on September 3rd, while Free Guy will hit theaters on August 13th, both in 2021. Next up, Indiana Jones 5 cast Boyd Holbrook and Seanette Renee Wilson in supporting roles. Holbrook is best known for his work in Narcos and Logan, while Renee Wilson is primarily known for her work in Black Panther. This cast already includes names such as obviously Harrison Ford. We got Mads Mikkelsen and Phoebe Waller-Bridge for the fifth installment in the franchise hitting theaters in 2022. Next up, Space Jam 2 news. Don Cheadle teases that Michael Jordan will be returning for Space Jam 2. Cheadle says, quote, Michael Jordan is in the movie. 
Cheadle says, matter-of-factly, suggesting that it won't exactly be a traditional cameo, though. He added, quote, but it's not in the way you'd expect it, end quote. To round out the checkup, we had a trailer drop for Snake Eyes, the new prequel to the G.I. Joe franchise. The official trailer has been released online for the upcoming prequel after its premiere at the MTV Movie and TV Awards. The movie is set to release October 22nd, 2021. That does it for the checkup this week, boys. You've just been checked up by Dr. O. Ricky Flex, which headline grabs your attention most here, kid? Wow. Great job, Dr. O, as always. <laughs> but, uh, man, I honestly, there's one thing I really want to talk about because I'm afraid it might not get brought up if I don't, but I'm going to have to start with Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. What my biggest question is, is that Don Gio is saying it's not in the way you'd expect it. What are you supposed to expect? I wasn't expecting a Michael Jordan cameo. So, like, what does he mean expect? Like, what do I you think, guys think Like, a Michael Jordan think, cameo will consist of in this movie? I, I think it's just going to be like – so I was – no, what, I think what I would expect is Michael Jordan to actually be in the, in the movie. Like, at the end, be like, nice job, kid, or something like that, or just like a quick thing. That'd be good. Did, I'm thinking the now last we're going to get Warner like Brothers? a cartoon – or hologram or like a video. I don't think Michael Jordan like was on set. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't think so either. So that's a that's a little disappointing. Yeah. Though. I was thinking more it was going to be like a picture and like Bugs Bunny would go, "Oh, this is our former savior." Or like it would be like a clip from Space yeah, Jam some, or something like that. Yeah, that too, yeah. So not actually a cameo, yeah. just like something like that. But I just thought it was weird saying not in the way you'd expect it. I wouldn't expect Michael Jordan to be in this at all. It's like, have you seen The Last Dance? The mm-hmm. whole reason why he made that was because LeBron, after he won the title in Cleveland, said he's the greatest ever. He's like, all right, well, that's not possible. And he made the last – or the mm-hmm. help. He allowed basically the last dance to happen. So I just Michael Jordan probably refused to show up on set yeah. to this movie. <laughs> <laughs> he just said Most no. Most likely. And I, I actually have a couple ideas on what he means by like he sort of is showing up in this. He oh, could be showing go. up as like uh, when LeBron is animated, you know, that early part in the trailer, we could mm-hmm. have MJ animated at some point or we could get they would never do this. But we've always wanted to see what if LeBron James went against Michael Jordan, if Michael Jordan somehow ended up on, on like, the, the Monstar version oh, of the team. Oh, my God. Um, that would be interessante. And also they would Don be talking Sh- about that on first take. They'd be breaking that would down. be the biggest 100%. sports story of the year. 100%. Cartoon Michael Jordan would not get defeated by LeBron James and the Toon Squad. No, it's just not the, possible. The, the Toon Squad would win. LeBron would pass it off to Lola for the game-winning shot and then get eviscerated by Skip Bayless. Get eviscerated. <laughs> True. And then uh, I also thought, I'm looking at producer Ryan Coogler. Michael Jordan's going to show up in this movie. Could they be referring to Michael B. Jordan, who is known with, for a basketball, mm. having a basketball background, uh, and obviously, like obviously has a relationship with Coogler. So I can oh, say, no way. I can, yes. like, that would be like That's a, that good. Would be, that would be like Don Cheadle saying, technically, Michael Jordan shows up in this movie. Yeah. So I could see that happening. And Don Cheadle, remember, Don Cheadle's the one that spoiled uh, Infinity War, saying everyone dies. <laughs> people forget him and when he was on an interview with mark ruffalo he's like everyone's dies and mark i think ruffalo mark ruffalo turned to him was just like what the hell yeah <laughs> so what the hell dude? let's not forget like he gets he likes to basically spoil things without spoiling them so very interesting coming for him so that's like the uh, one that's like the sexy like thing from the checkup i would say yeah another thing i do want to point out knives out too cast is insane cast is your girl sick. Catherine Hahn. i also want to point out Catherine Hahn. Peter, who I've picked in two different uh, in two different top billings. That's your girl. 
won best villain at Sunday's MTV Awards, and I was getting ripped for picking her Not in ripped. last. Oh, you ripped me. You said I was, it was pandering. It was more yes, so Ricky uh, Flex. Yes, I didn't blame you for the pick. I'm not you a said, big, like, I'm not yes, a big, like, I, I will personally, ripper. I will stand by my statement. Yes. And by the winner of that top billing. Yes. I will stand by the P word. Uh, we, there has to be an investigation launched. Yeah. And to your picks, but moving on, I think that knives out Dave Bautista. This is him going back to Blade Runner 2049, like get back to actual acting, not just action star. And like for the money, like Stuber and army of the dead you know what i mean i feel like he's gonna try to actually put on an acting clinic because he has said before i know dr you like to say this that he's a better actor than the rock this is like more like you can never see the rock doing a knives out movie this is like where dave bautista is going to try to prove that so this is actually really interesting to me him next to daniel craig geez let's go if bautista diversifies the portfolio he's not only the action star he's obviously he was a, he was a villain inspector uh, he, uh, um, he's going to be an army of the dead army of the dead is actually getting pretty positive reviews after its release in theaters this past weekend. I'm excited to see him Edward Norton. I feel like he's been like out of the loop for the past 10 years in Hollywood. I just haven't heard, heard from him except for Birdman. Birdman. And then like he was the Hulk and then he disappeared for a little bit after he's a Hulk. He's supposed to be in the MCU. Obviously he's not the easiest guy to work with, but we'll talk about underrated actors. Edward Norton is that. Um, mm-hmm. but this knives out two cast. I, when I was blogging about it, I was like, how does it compare to the original cast? And still the original cast is so electric. It's not only just on paper. So good. The way they interacted was phenomenal. I can't wait to see how like Dave Bautista interacts with like Catherine Hahn. That's going to be such an interesting yeah. dynamic to watch. Yeah. So. You have the incredible Hulk Drax, James Bond and Agatha, Agatha Harkness. Harkness on the same screen together. Like, let's go. Like, that's awesome. And the yeah. incredible Hulk is the skinniest dude alive. So. So uh, I would just right before we finish off talking about Knives Out 2, who are you most excited to see in the movie? I think I, I am excited. I think uh, the most interesting case is with Dave Bautista, but I am excited to see Ed Norton back in the mix again. Like he's never in anything like you just said. And every time he's in, he is in something like he's always compelling to watch, like whether it's a good movie or bad, like you always want to see Ed Norton. So I think Dave Bautista, like is the, again, like the, the biggest part of this checkup of this news of the, for the Knives Out uh, sequel, but Ed Norton, whenever he's involved, like you gotta, you gotta say him. And Nez, what are your, what do you think of Catherine Hahn? You can't wait to see her on screen. I was gonna go with Craig. Craig, back in the role. Craig. Benoit yeah. Blanc. Just because I, I knew if I said Catherine Hahn that you guys are gonna yell at me. So I I, to- I'm most excited to see her in this role. Like she just keeps getting better, like better roles, and she's like becoming more well known. Like she's gonna step up her game. It's gonna be awesome to see her in, in uh, Ryan Rian Johnson's sequel. Yeah. If only somebody uh, drafted sentence. her as an underrated actress. Unbelievable! You wouldn't not anymore now. Not yet. Yeah, not not anymore. And then lastly, uh, I wanted to bring up the Snake Eyes trailer just because. I wasn't a huge GI Joe fan as a kid. I had a lot of huge action figures. Okay. But snake eyes, dude, he doesn't talk. Right. Am I wrong about this? Like he's, he's a mute. Does anybody yeah, else know I, about this? I'm not. I a GI Joe guy. I'm pretty sure he took I, a vow of silence as like a little kid. And then he's not supposed to talk and he wears a mask. Like you're not supposed to see his face. That's kind of cool. Yeah, so I mean, Henry Golding, I'm not exactly sold on him yet. I know Ricky Flicks is a big fan. Like, I can't really, I can't, I just can't, like, in watching him in the action scenes in this trailer, he seems a little goofy. I don't think he has that touch yet. I don't know if he's been around long enough. I know this is kind of like out of his territory. We've seen him in a lot of rom coms, like with Amelia Clark, and then we saw uh, Crazy Rich Asians. Um, 
But I, I guess it'll be interesting to see because, like, I know Ricky Flex. You were talking about him as a potential Superman. He well, as in he looks the part. Like, if you want to mix it up, like he w- does look like a Clark Kent and a Superman. I'm not saying he would be the necessarily the best guy for the for the gig. I'm just saying he does look like a the prototypical Clark Kent Superman. I see what you're saying. All right, that does it for the checkup this week, boys. Let's send it over to Nez for our review of uh, those who wish me dead. Thank you, Dr. O. Thank you, Dr. O. Our review of the week is Those Who Wish Me Dead, starring Angelina Jolie and John Bernthal. It's available to see on HBO Max, and it's in theaters today. Um, This is a no-spoiler review. It's currently trending at 61% on Rotten Tomatoes and 6.1 out of 10 on IMDb. Those usually aren't that close. It's pretty interesting. Um, But the synopsis is, Still reeling from the loss of three lives, Hannah is a smoke jumper who's perched in a watchtower high above the Montana wilderness. She soon encounters Connor, a skittish boy who's bloodied, traumatized, and on the run in the remote forest. As Hannah tries to bring him to safety, she's unaware of the real dangers that follow. Two relentless killers hunting Connor and a fiery blaze consuming everything in its path. So let's just go to knee-jerk reactions here. Um, I'm going to go with you, Dr. L. Can I get your, uh, your, your first thoughts on this film? Yeah. Seeing that 6.1 out of 10, it's a lot lower than I expected from this movie. Cause I really did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. I found it, um, compelling to watch. I thought the, uh, subject of the movie was fascinating. You know what I thought of immediately when I heard smoke jumpers, I was like Vinny Chase entourage. Immediately <laughs> yeah. what I thought of. I'm like, this is the movie that he wanted to make, right? This could have been Vinny Chase. But I really loved I like the action in it. What really stood out the most, I know we're going to get to performances here, are the villains. Nicholas Hull and Aiden Gillen. If you guys don't know Aiden Gillen, from, uh, he's uh, Peter Baelish in Game of Thrones. I thought oh those God. two were electric. I thought they were menacing. I think they didn't pull any punches, right? They, they, they didn't, uh, they had no... I guess weakness to them and i kind of right. love that they're just absolute all-out pursuit mode and it makes for a great action movie um yeah so i'll, I'll leave it at that for now because i know we're going to go into different categories but i need mm-hmm. to say the villains i thought were phenomenal no the great thing about the villains is yeah they don't have like that stormtrooper uh like they're not stupid you know they're mm-hmm. they're not like goofy villains like they're intense methodical like, as heck they're scary yeah. they're smart they know what they're doing and they don't hold back so that's really good because sometimes it's kind of annoying to see when like, you know, you're watching a movie and the villains are just making silly mistakes because mm-hmm. the plot, because just, just for the plot and some movies will sacrifice that, you know, but yeah, this, I'd argue, the- I would, I would argue it's my favorite part of the movie. I would say it's like those two performances of the villains. Mm-hmm. What about you, Ricky Flicks? How did you feel about this movie? Um, I don't think I'm as high on it as uh, Dr. Rowe there suggested. I did love I did like Nicholas Holt in this, I, especially at the end. Uh, well, obviously, no spoilers when uh, at the end with Nicholas Holt in particular, uh, I thought he was really great. And I actually got that John Wick kind of vibe at the end when he's wearing the suit and he has all the tactical gear, or the guns and everything. I was like, all right, like, he actually looks the part. But little finger to me, like still, like I didn't feel right with him watching him in this. I just didn't. I, I felt like it was off and I, I honestly, I appreciate his diversification. I know he was just in Peaky Blinders where he wasn't necessarily an assassin, but similar type role, right? Back in the what is it, early 1900s, right? So very similar, but obviously different eras, but I appreciate the diversification he's doing, but I didn't exactly love him in this, but I didn't hate him. 
But I will say I did like the speaking of, speaking of relationships, John Bernthal and his wife in this. I did like that. I think just the one mm. thing that I would say that kind of deterred this movie for me was that there were so many individual relationships and so many different storylines that you were following that it did just bounce around all the time and not mm. really just have a concrete like one or two storylines to focus on. It was just kind of all over the place with that. And I didn't necessarily like it. I, I didn't like how there's just so many things to bounce around. I did like the performances. I did for, uh, for the most part. I did like the relationship building. It's just there was too many of them that I didn't really get. Uh, like I didn't get a stranglehold on one of them, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I agree, and also it's it's a sh- it's a pretty short movie. It's an hour and forty yes. minutes, I think, mm-hmm. and they have a lot of different storylines and relationships that they're kind of, um, I guess, diving into in this movie. So there's a lot to cover in a small amount of time. Uh, so I, I do a agree with story. Exactly, like conspiracy. Ex- they're going from Jacksonville, Florida, to Montana in less than a day and a half. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of that's, things to uncover an hour. That's that Game of Thrones travel right there. <laughs> they just be teleporting. But no, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, one thing I do like about this movie is I, I mean, it's intense, right? I mean, it really gets you on the edge of your seat a little bit just because it's just like the action is really cool. I really enjoyed it. And I also think that the, the plot itself is pretty unique. Um, you know, there's a lot of rescue stories and stuff like that, but with the conspiracy, um, you know, we, there's assassin stories and stuff like that, but then you throw in like the whole smoke jumper a- aspect of it, the forest fire kind of aspect. I thought that was a really cool, like and unique story to be told. So mm-hmm. I really appreciated that part of the movie. I think Angelina, Angelina Jolie did a great job, uh, too, by the way. Um, all in all, I think it was a decent movie. If you guys are going to watch this movie, I, uh, you know, the listeners, I would recommend, I think this would be a great movie to see in theaters. I think this is a great popcorn movie. You go out on a little date night or something, you watch it on um, in the movies, it would be worth your time. So I wanted to talk about, you brought up the smoke jumping aspect. Something, this is like, it seems like it's right up Taylor Sheridan's alley. Like it seems like it's something like it's taking place in the woods or it's in the Midwest or wherever they, where are they in this movie? Uh, Montana. Uh, Montana. Montana. So yeah, exactly. So having that setting and then the beautiful cinematography i really loved like whenever the fires like the fire over the water looks beautiful the like the ambers from the fire that are like smoking over the villains as they're like having gun battles i thought was excellent the gun stand like the standoffs taylor sheridan's so good at that um yes. where it's a building suspense you don't know what's going to happen if you don't know what i'm talking about i highly recommend checking out wind river uh excellent taylor sheridan Unreal movie. movie um but I did love that aspect. And I really thought Angelia Jolie was awesome in this. I think because I hadn't really seen her done anything, do anything special in a while. We're going to get her in Eternals. Honestly, I don't really like her in much <laughs> other than Mr. And Mrs. Smith. All right. That's a guilty pleasure right there. But I thought her, her character development was actually pretty cool. I think the writing of her character specifically was great. And the way she had to come back, uh, redeem herself after her failures and leading those and having those children die at the beginning of the movie it's kind of haunting her and the way she redeems herself by taking care of the young boy here getting over her fears and helping this boy out i thought that was actually really good i think where it struggled a little bit is um the i would say john bernthal's character the development of him 
right? You really like, you wanted to believe like him and his wife, like you wanted to feel something there. I think Ricky Flicks touched upon that. I don't think you had enough room for that. There was not enough mm-hmm. runtime for it. Um, I think you just would have been better off if like, even like the wife would didn't even get involved. I know it's just like, almost just so you have Angelina Jolie, her development and the boy, too much aspects going on. Right. I can, I completely agree with that. And I think just piggybacking off what you said about Angelina Jolie I, I agree with you where I didn't, I don't necessarily love her as an actress, as in, I didn't, I don't love the mm-hmm. movies that she's usually in, but mm-hmm. like, I kind of, I respect her game. Right. And I thought this movie was kind of really like perfect for her to showcase her skills. You know, this is like not an easy role because you're fighting with emotions, right. You're showing she's tough, right. She's like getting in the weeds with this kid and she's shown her emotional connection with this kid or building upon emotional connection with this kid mm-hmm. after like, obviously the trauma that she suffered as a smoke jumper. So just shows how, honestly she's kind of broken right they showed her drinking alcohol all the time and really her character development grew and you saw that and i feel like that's a testament to what she did in this movie and her performance so i really did like her almost like she's seeing it as like a redemption arc her character right Mm -hmm. where she had this tragedy and then uh she gets to take somebody under their wing under her wing and kind of uh basically redeem herself i guess from her own demons i don't think like anybody's persecuting her for anything that she did but in her own head she's just like struggling with it psychologically yeah, it's very and, it's clear and mm-hmm. just to kind of relate it back to what we reviewed last week with without remorse and we were discussing how like the bad uh relationship uh between or the relationship wasn't really expressed between michael b jordan and his wife and you're supposed to believe like this revenge story and you mm-hmm. kind of just did it based off of the synopsis not necessarily what you saw on the screen this one there's constant reminders of that trauma whether it was through the alcohol or through this kid through the smoke jumpers in the beginning talking about it and the conversation mm-hmm. on the phone or the flashback sequences and like and yeah i can go on it just shows how much of a better like how much of a better movie this is compared to last week and they're both action thrillers so i just kind of want to relate it back to just something that we mentioned last week absolutely big time we're on the up and up for sure <laughs> um I, I also I had another criticism of this movie. I know like I, I'm bringing up a couple of criticisms here, but I really did enjoy it. I have a positive review of this movie overall, but some of the things were a little far-fetched. Like I know Taylor Sheridan, you want to make it, you always think of his movies, they're grounded in reality. You, you really feel like they're believable, but there are some things that happen here that really just maybe like almost roll my eyes a little bit, getting struck by lightning falling 30 feet from a tower it's yeah. just like and then they're okay you're hiding underwater for how long underneath these fires i didn't know there's no one to come to help you it's like yes like you're you're a great smoke jumper but you're not invincible you know it's mm-hmm. like I, it's just like feel like nothing was gonna kill her you know? i didn't know if we were gonna talk about this since the no spoiler review but yeah i completely agree especially the ending was kind of bonkers how they just were allowed to do that like it was so right. obvious that was not even possible and then i like i'm not gonna get into a like the spoiler, spoiler aspect, but like, obviously this kid is hiding some very valuable secrets from his father or like for his father, I should say. And I mean, when he's like trying to like share those, like he, he has these, this information, he didn't memorize any of this information. There's no way he has this. He didn't even look at it. He doesn't have this paper, right. That has Mm -hmm. all this info on it. Yet he goes to the news. Like he just like knows what he's going to say. Angelina (laughs) Jolie knows everything about his father. It's like, there was no, um, I wish like there was a way you knew what happened with his dad. And like, it was almost, it was like obvious, like, yes, they're going to be okay. It's going to be all right. Um, but yeah, that was a sharp criticism I had. And then finally, dude, we need more Tyler Perry. I wanted to see more Tyler Perry mm-hmm. here. We had one scene. And he was good. Like, I, I was like, holy crap, Tyler Perry, let's go. He's going to get involved yeah. in this movie. But then that was it. 
Right. I was so upset. I was, I was so hope, excited to see him. I, I was hoping we'd get more of him, especially. I really loved him in Gone Girl. So a take that I have not told anybody. I think Tyler Perry, by the end of his career, will have an Oscar. I think he will. That's I, I think, mm, he, I think he, he's on the come up right now. He's like big in the news. He's awesome. He's like contributing to society and everything. Like he's now he's just going to put all his folk. He's, like, he's very much. A I mean, he's huge. He's ma- he's made a ton of money in the industry. Right. Oh, but but I don't he's think he's really like. Even... Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's really honed in and said, I want to focus. So I guess maybe he's just me. He's you're right. I think I talked about this in um, in the Gosling versus uh, Hall versus Gyllenhaal debate that we had uh, way back. Um, but I think, you know, basically Tyler Perry's made his money and he wants to come in. He wants to focus on on acting now. He wants to. I, I think that that's a mm-hmm. that's a that's a that's a steaming hot take but 100%. i kind of see it i kind of see he's getting into acting serious roles and like really trying to try, trying to um just you know come up as an actor in a film that you know he's not directing or he it's not his studio or whatnot like so. really lock in like really yeah, lock yeah. in almost like a mcconaughey like when he's doing all the romantic comedies oh he mm-hmm. finds a script he loves boom hone in you know Bam. i feel like he can do that if he really wants to, but I can already see myself clipping this up and throwing it on Twitter, just having like him and like Medea's family reunion, like a gif next to me, next yeah. to my face saying he will win an Oscar. <laughs> but he's showcased enough skills in like Gone Girl and other movies, and he's so right. dedicated to whatever he does, whatever he puts his mind, his mind to, he'll do it like through his like Medea, whatever, and the amount of money he's made there, the humanitarian work, the yeah, the philanthropy, all the philanthropy. Feel like he's you can believe big. it, like through the skills and his dedication to whatever he puts his mind to. Like you can't say no to that take. You can just say, okay, maybe. Are the Medea movies considered a cinematic universe? <laughs> they gotta be, right? Right. Medea cinematic universe. The, the Perry universe. Boo, boo, family reunion. There was a Halloween one, and TPU, then Tyler there was Perry. the funeral one. There's a there's a ton. I've seen. I don't remember. I I remember there's in high school I saw I can do battle by myself. I don't know if that's she's in that though we might have to do a review of one if we don't have any new releases oh my God, not a bad idea there's, there's so a lot many movies there's a lot of yeah there's, there's a lot of tyler perry movies i have to go down to like the next list on google full-on marathon live stream like there's a family reunion diary of a mad black that's woman, a lot family that's funeral lot. <laughs> but anyways goes um, to jail any any further comments uh, i want to get quick shout out to john bernthal just because uh, yep. I really, he inspired our top billing today. One of the best supporting actors there is. And it feels like whenever, like if he's in a movie, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be at least interesting and worth your time. Yeah, uh, there's no, right. like, I've never seen a movie John Bernthal is in that I dismissed and turned off immediately. If he's in it, I'm like, dang, we're onto something good. Ford mm-hmm. versus Ferrari, Wolf of Wall Street, Wind River, like all these different movies. Like he always has a part to play and he's just a frequent collaborator with Taylor Sheridan. And uh, one of these days, he's going to get a lead role. One of these days. One, one of these days. I do like him in Punisher, the Netflix show. I'm an I'm advocate for yeah. Punisher. I know it's a kind of a hot take post season one, if you like it or not, but I'm a big fan of the punisher specifically in daredevil when he's in daredevil season two he's been on mm. as well, will he so. return will he return yes all right well let's uh let's bop around let's go around the horn here uh let's go with scores um dr oh you go first actually no you went first on comments ricky flicks you go first share the wealth share the wealth yeah so i'm gonna give this a 68 out of 100 i like the movie but again i think there's a lot of story storylines here and way too way too many complex storylines within this time frame. And even though I did like a lot of the performances in this, 
it was just, it was a lot to work with and a lot of unbelievable story aspects as well in this, but all in all, it definitely worth to see. Like I think Nez mentioned popcorn movie, definitely worth to see this movie. And if you go to a theater to see it, please do. Do it. Support our local movie theaters. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I actually predetermined 65. So I'm really close to, to Ricky flicks here. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I thought it was intense. I thought it was a great popcorn movie. There's some plot holes and just some things that are not for me. However, still enjoyed it. Still going to give it a passing grade. And yeah, 65. 71 for Dr. O. 71. I, I told you before we started to really get, in, get into get into depth about this movie that I really did enjoy the action aspect. I thought the cinematography is wonderful. Taylor Sheridan shared in writing in terms of uh, Angelina Jolie's character. I thought was great. I thought her performance was awesome. I loved her relationship with the little boy, the villains, as I said, arguably the best part, Nicholas Holt. Can't wait to see what he does next. This movie was 10 times better than the first HBO max movie. I saw American pickle. That movie sucks, sucks. Like that movie was terrible compared to this one. I thought you were going to say I- the little things. Oh no 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 no! I, the, the American Pickle was back when like HBO Max like first right. dropped. Yeah, last but, like, No, this this was ten times better than the Little Things. That was abysmal. Right. But I'm glad that we got this movie during this time to kind of kick off blockbuster season. This is not one of these franchise movies. Okay, it's not a superhero movie. It's not a Fast and Furious movie. Okay, we're getting something that's somewhat realistic and it's something that really will hold your attention for an, uh, an hour forty. Uh, Angelina Jolie. Hashtag back. Can't wait to see her in Eternal. 71 out of 100. She is back. And John Bernthal. Those are some good points. And John Bernthal is about to be in King Richard with next to Will Smith. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah like because uh, it's about um, the Serena and Venus Williams' dad King, or whatever. Yeah. You know, King Richard. And well, not King, you know what I mean? And uh, John Bernthal King is, here? is like uh, the trainer, like the famous tennis coach, um, Rick Macy or whatever, you, however you pronounce it. So he's going to be like the supporting role in that as well. Oscar watch Next to Will Smith. Yeah, exactly. Very cool. Okay. Very cool. That does it for our review of those who wish me dead. You can check it out on HBO max or in theaters. I'm going to go ahead and throw it over to Ricky flicks for top billing. My movie down. Thank you, Nez. All right. Today's top billing is inspired by a review of Those Who Wish Me Dead and one of its stars, John Bernthal. We just mentioned he usually is a supporting actor in whatever he's in. Think Wolf of Wall Street, Ford versus Ferrari, this movie. Um, so we're going to do the top billing of supporting actors. Okay, so we are picking actors and actresses that are known to play supporting roles mainly. Okay, so Angelina Jolie or Leonardo DiCaprio. They usually are the head of that top billing of that movie. They are usually the stars and they are the leading actor, actress in that movie. We're picking the next person down, the supporting actors in that movie. So John Bernthal, teasing a pick there, eligible for this list. So we're, as always, we're going to do a snake draft style, five picks each. Once an actor or actress is picked, it is off the board. And finally, you must pick a minimum of two actors and two actresses out of your five picks. So you have to have at least two males and two females. So you can, you're going to have three to two and one or the other. But just a minimum of two and two of each. Can't overload in one category. The draft order goes Dr. Rowe, Ricky Flicks, the Nez. So I'll go with you, Dr. Rowe. You had the opportunity to pick, got to get the first pick. You got it. Thoughts? 
I'm so happy I got the first pick of this draft. I think I have a, I think there are a couple you could go with number one, but I think my guy is number one. And I'm excited that I got, I'm like, I had that name. Like, that's not necessarily the Thanos that uh, Nez had uh, in the previous episode where there's that level. Apparently, that doesn't matter, but uh, apparently, but it's like you feel like you have this person and then it's going to really shine on the draft. Because when you think a best supporting actor, this number one pick is like, oh God, it's this guy. It is him. Yeah. yeah, I think there is a one, one, two, but I think there's two, one to two other people that if you picked it, picked him or her at one, I would go, all right. Like, honestly, yeah, they're all, I, there's, there's like five, like first round picks and there's yeah. only three slots. Yeah. Nez, you wanted the third pick. You got it. Thoughts mm-hmm. head into this draft. I'm kind of scared. I'm looking at my big board thinking it was unique, but now I'm looking at it and I hope that my first rounder doesn't get taken. But we'll find out right now with Dr. O's first pick. Yeah. So again, just for the audience, we don't we haven't had a lot of vetoes in our draft so far. In our 37 episodes, I think we've only had like one veto, or we've only had one disqualification, but like I think maybe only one veto. Um, so veto just I instituted for- a power veto in one okay, of the Okay, but yeah, no I still haven't anymore. used my power veto. There's no I think power you guys are, I think Ricky Flicks used one too. I don't, I no. think I get to use one. I never use one and I'm never going to use one. I thought use you one did. No. No, we're never doing a power veto again. That was a one-time thing ever. I'm going to be dishing out vetoes left and right if I'm disagreeing with somebody. Just for the audience. Just for the audience. So for a veto to actually take into effect, you need the other two people to both veto the pick. So if only one person vetoes the pick, then the pick stands. The person gets to keep it. Okay? So like, let's say Dr. Rowe picked Leonardo DiCaprio. I will veto that. And if Nez vetoes that, then... He has to pick a new person. If Nez didn't decide to veto that, and I did, then he gets to keep Leo. But let's be men of integrity here. So, Dr. Rowe, start us out with the top billing of supporting actors. This guy is definitely on the Mount Rushmore. He's the first guy you see on the Mount Rushmore. I'm, in my opinion, we're talking Raging Bull. We're talking Goodfellas. We're talking Casino. I'm talking... Even Home Alone, I'm going Joe Pesci with the number one overall pick for best supporting actor. I think this is as like if you are like there's a couple that could vie for it. This is the guy, right? Mm. He um it, it, and he has never really diverted other than my cousin Vinny into that lead category. Even when he makes a comeback, comes back to the Irishman. Guess what? He, Scorsese know what he does best. He goes next to De Niro. Okay, throws in a little jab or two. Okay, comes back, gets a little violent. All right, one of the best swears in the game. All right, maybe of all time. Him and Samuel L. Jackson are probably going vying for the number one spot there. And one of the most violent actors, maybe of all time. I love Joe Pesci with the number one. Violent actor for such a like short, non muscular guy. Irie. No, I, he was also my number one, but barely. Um, and again, like he, again, he, like you just think of the other roles that you don't really know him for. Like in JFK, when he's playing a, that weird looking dude, David Ferry or whatever, um, you said Home Alone. Like the man just doesn't miss when he really wants to try. Mm-hmm. Like when he, when, he, when he really tries, when he's with a Scorsese doing Raging Bull or a Goodfellas or whatever, he will be up there and being nominated for an Oscar. Or he could just be a great, like being Home Alone and just absolutely dominating that as well when he's just having fun. So I love the pick. Nez, any thoughts on that? Great pick. Um, I honestly completely like not on purpose, like let him left him off my big board, huge mistake, but, uh, that's a great pick Joe Pesci. He's, he's an all time. 
and phenomenal singer. His song was on our pod one time too. Will we be on it again? <laughs> oh my God. Was that the Goodfellas rap? Is no, it's it gotta get you into my life. But I think he also did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, know I have his music. I have, I have, I have that song on my on my Apple Music. I'm pretty sure that he there is a rap that he does for Goodfellas or it's Casino. I don't know which one it is, but I'll have to pull up that clip and maybe tweet it out. Mm-hmm. But um, before we move on to second pick, this is a good example too. Scorsese's like, uh, I view him as like a coach for like an NBA team, knowing how to insert those role players. Like he always knows what to Sixth do. Six man of the year. He, yes, he always knows what to do with his star players. He's going to put De Niro in a position to succeed. He's going to be leading the way. He knows how to insert, right, Pesci, right, where he's going to bring the fire, okay, where you know, oh, he's a scene stealer in this scene, right? He's going to, this is going to be the most memorable scene in the movie. It's going to be Joe Pesci doing his thing. Just let him, let him roll. He's almost like the Robert Horry, right? He's going to, he's a clutch player. He'll show up in situations and really make the, make the movie well known, right? So I, I, that's kind of a weird comparison, but that's what I'm going with. Yeah. No, because Joe Pesci, if he had a, he's a Hall of Famer, like surefire, like acting Hall of Fame. He's amazing. So, but mm-hmm. great pick. We'll move it on to myself for the second overall pick in this draft. I'm going to go with Christoph Waltz. I picked, uh, I, I picked him in the, uh, the Tarantino character draft. Uh, I picked him uh, in Glorious Bastards as Colonel Hans Landa. Uh, I also, Doctor and I both did not pick him as his role in Django and Chain um, because I already had him. But still, we both already had Glorious Bastards character. But those are two of like the best supporting actor roles ever, like performances ever. So I'm happy to take him at two. Wow my my big board was really messed up. This is yeah. I should I had the first choice of picks too. Oh my god, what am I doing? What am I he, doing? That's a great pick. Darn it. The, the, he was number two. I wrote number two in parentheses next to his name. If like, if I had the number two pick, I was taking Christoph Waltz. As you said, like he, he doesn't make that many appearances in movies in general, but when he does, it's in a supporting role and he's obviously a scene stealer. That's what all these guys are. All these women are too. in these, in this best supporting actor draft, like they all are so good that they hold the attention of the movie when they're not really the lead. And then Christoph Waltz does that excellently, especially in Inglorious Bastards and almost to the same extent in uh, Django Unchained. So can't right. disagree with the pick. Yeah. And he can be the good guy or a villain. Like you see in Glorious Bastards already with the greatest villain mm-hmm. of all time. And even in a movie like a Spectre considered not even a James Bond, good, like a good James Bond movie, they still have to bring him back for the next James Bond. No time to die later this year. Oh yeah. Just because it's Christoph Waltz. Mm-hmm. So it just shows how good of an actor he is, but he's only really does supporting roles. So that's my pick. Nez, you get back to back here. All right. Um, great picks, guys. I, I don't know how I'm going to follow that up, but this next guy is a personal favorite. Um, you've seen him in many, many supporting roles. And uh, every time you see him on, on the big screen, I smile. At least I know that. So uh, my first round pick is uh, Christopher Walken. Nice. Um, I, I can't even uh, his. All right, let's just go with this. His guess, his his one scene, his one scene in Pulp Fiction, is like legendary. In Click, he's amazing. Like I don't even know everything that he's <laughs> bring in, up like Click <laughs> before Deer Hunter. That's unbelievable. I'm Batman, going Batman off of returns. like I'm going off of like fl- like flat out flat out memory. Right Loxy Blues, God. like Loxy I'm just Blues like is great. Like what movie. do I remember him for? I'm thinking I'm thinking 
the watch scene. I'm thinking click. The Bed Bath and Beyond Doctor, whatever yeah. the heck. Yeah, <laughs> he's amazing. Dancer. He's amazing Phenomenal. in that role. He's amazing in that role. No, oh, but the series next. That's what we're gonna say next. He's a uh he's yes, yes, yes. And then Deer Hunter. Um no, he's very talented. And uh, like I said, every time I see him on the screen, I know that that scene at least is going to be good. We should tweet out that scene after this, when this top billing gets released, because that scene is just so much fun to tweet out. I yeah, love you're right. Scrolling the Twitter timeline, seeing that. I love it. Every time you stumble upon it. Yes. <laughs> just just an all-time voice. Like, I just love hearing yeah. Christopher walk and talk. And I feel like it's a treat when he's a supporting actor, because if you hear him talk the entire movie, you might get sick of him a little bit. But if you hear him every once in a while, you're like, damn that was awesome <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. it's like uh i, I gotta need a prescription and the prescription calls for more cowbell <laughs> like just like hearing him talk is one of the great joys right with mm-hmm. having it's like the christopher walken experience so i like that pick i had him definitely on my board i had him as a top 10 pick i think noise right, oh, i get to go again so um my next pick has already been mentioned on the podcast. And this one is just before anybody could steal her away from me. I'm going with Catherine Han, baby. Catherine Han. <laughs> third, third selection. This is the third time I'm drafting her. Pick. This is the third time I'm drafting her in a top billing. And uh, for good reason. She's very talented. Check her out in Knives Out too. Thoughts? <laughs> I did I not see this coming, but I did round. see it coming. I was hoping that you weren't going to pick it because I didn't know if Dr. O would pick it. So I was no. saving that for later. Oh, that's a great pick. Very worthy. You know, I mean, when I think of supporting roles, I think of Catherine Hahn. I don't think immediately of Agatha Harkness. I am thinking of Step Brothers immediately. <laughs> immediately. <laughs> she steals the show. Like, every scene she's in. Yeah, no, she's like, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Like, her facial expressions are amazing. And just the way that she can buy into a character is great. I think... I'm like, as you can't tell, as you can tell, it's been, uh, I've drafted her three times and she's one of my favorites. So this is interesting. Cause like, I think it was easy to pull out all the males. Like I, I did that really quickly and I do a little further research for the females mm-hmm. and that one. So this, I think this is like, this is telling that this was the first one off the board because you don't know exactly where it's go, where mm-hmm. it's going to go. Like walk in Pesci waltz. You're like, okay, those are all first round picks females. Where are they going to go in this draft? Put the pieces together. Here comes the puzzle, Ricky Flex. Oh, all right. So that that's I'm up. That was a good transition, but I'm buying time. Um, I don't want to go. Last time I went hardo, I didn't go well. That was my worst ever performance in a voting draft. Oh, don't pander, man. Don't pander. No, we no, need to pick. P-word. Go hardo, man. P-word, P word. P word. I Wait, think, you're looking for the pick that's going to get you the most votes? No, this is, uh, you know, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait on that pick just in case. Uh, you know what? I'll just do this. Uh, Sam Rockwell. Ooh. Sam Rockwell. He was in Moon, yes, but not very well-known movie, very small movie. But, hey, three ebbings uh, outside of uh, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Uh, he was just recently in Vice. I know Nez is a big Vice guy. I love Sam Rockwell. Also, another great movie that's so underrated that also Nez's guy, Christopher Walken, is in as well. 
is seven psychopaths. Him and him and Sam Rockwell absolutely murdered alongside Colin Farrell, who's the lead in that. That's a great like low key Sam Rockwell film. I, I believe it was like twenty like that was a long time ago, like two thousand seven or something. But that kind of like got him on the scene a little bigger, and then now everyone knows him as an Oscar winning actor. But I'm gonna go him in the second round here. I'll play it safe. Any thoughts on the pick? I love Sam Rockwell. I did not think of him at all, but he is a, like an all time support, like modern day supporting actor. Uh, Three Billboards is the best example. But even if, like, I point out Iron Man 2, him as Justin Hammer, I think he's pretty good in that too. I know it's not the best movie. He's a little bit of a cornball, but I think he plays it like he plays it up enough where it's like, okay, I buy it. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Rockwell guy. I even liked him in Vice, dude. I even liked him as Bush. He's great in Jojo Rabbit, too. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, oh. I choked okay, a little I'm bit trying there, to find I, Sam Rock. I, you know, guys, I wasn't struggled. on your boards. Dang it! I no, 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 no. I just no. I he's more than deserving to be on the board. More than deserving to be on the board. I just forgot. I like him. No, I, no, I like him too. I guess I didn't like him as much as I thought I did. Yeah. All right. Well, it's up. Back to you, Doctor O. Your uh, second and third picks. Starting in the second round. My last. I mean, ending the second round. I should say. All I have to say is, not quite my tempo. Not quite my tempo. J.K. Simmons is my second round pick. We're talking Whiplash. We're talking Palm Springs. We're talking I Love You, Man. Juno. Even before Whiplash, I would have even considered him in this draft. The, uh, him in Whiplash makes him arguably a first round pick. I'm happy I got him at the end of the second round. And it, it, even Commissioner Gordon. Like he's just, he never is the lead. He was in a, he, I believe he was in a Stars TV series, a mini series, I believe, where he played two versions of himself. That's the only thing I can recall where he is the lead. Can you guys na- think of any like J.K. Simmons lead movies? I got nothing. I, I literally can't He's think. Dude, J. Jonah, J. Jonah Jameson, the accountant. Like, dude, he is an all-time supporting actor. And I think uh, I watched I Love You, Man couple weeks ago oh, he's great and he is so good in that like his one-liners his like straight face like like deadpan he's like uh my best friend my son robbie and hank mardukas this <laughs> is like a very very like i guess versatile supporting actor he could be very animated like jay joe jameson or deadpan like i just said or he could just be all fire like he was in whiplash right not quite my tempo jk simmons second round solid pick Solid pick, not on my big board, but I do appreciate it. I was toying with him and one other person uh, on the male category uh, for my last pick, so I think it's a great pick. Okay, now we're going female. We're going female to start off the third round. I'm going Marissa Tomei in the beginning of the third round. Uh, I mean, what do you think of other than my cousin Vinny? Right, what do you think of other than my cousin Vinny? I know... um, Back, I do owe Nez a Miss uh, Monica Vito um, court scene uh, reenactment because Miss I did. Vito. I <laughs> I lost a um, top billing a few weeks, few episodes back, and I came in last. And what we were initially were doing is that we have to reenact a scene by the choosing of the winner. The loser has to do it, and I actually was practicing the scene like for a week, for a week. And then Nez didn't show up. Nez was in, I think, stuck in Mexico mm-hmm. um, during that yeah. episode. And then we just never did it. So I was in the gulag. I think I, I think I do owe the audience. And I'm, like, I have to do this reenactment. I'm not going to do it right now because I don't have it memorized in my head right now. But I did practice it enough where 
I think I would be comfortable doing it next episode. That's oh man, you guys heard that? He committed to next episode. We're doing I, I it. Do it, and he didn't have it till sixty three. I, I I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna tease it right now. It's I'm not a even trick gonna question. tease it. It's gonna be a complete shocker. It's gonna be like oh my god, Doctor Rowe just went off, or he oh, Doctor Rowe wait. just tanked. It's either one. I can't wait. I There's can't no in between. But Miss Monica Vito, we're talking Aunt May. We're talking the wrestler Marissa Tomei, third round. Nice, solid pick, solid pick. And we got a commitment for now. I'm so happy after hearing that. I almost <laughs> forgot. I was very close. But now I didn't. And now I know. And now we're doing this. We're doing it. Dave, Dr. I am doing it. That rhymed. All right. Who's next? Am I? No. It's me. Sorry. It's I, the, She Flex. was high on my big board. Very, very well done. Okay. So my next pick. Uh, I'm going to go someone that I kind of just... I like a lot. I just don't ever see it in a lot of the movies, except when like they're big blockbusters. Kira Knightley. I thought she, that's, I only seen her like as a supporting role. Like what, like she's not a lead in pirates. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say she's a lead in intimidation game. Benedict Cumberbatch kind of dominates that. Is this acceptable? Pride and prejudice. She is in that. Is she the lead? I never saw it. I've never seen it. I, I've only seen her in the blockbusters. I just think of Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, and Intimidation Game. I just I recently rewatched that. Imitation just, Game. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. What, what do you mean? What do you think I'm saying? But yeah, so I really like the her Imitation that. Game. Yeah. You said Intimidation so, Game. Imitation. Sorry. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Well, I like her in that. She's also in Love Actually, but not really big rom com guy by myself, but. Kira Knight looks I like that movie. I think you I think you can get at first I was a little I was like no way and then I, I thought about it I was like like what is no, she No no he's right you're right no you can get yeah. away with that you can get away with that I'll give it to you I, I just don't think I know much other than Pirates of the Caribbean Pride She's not in a ton she's really not much. in a ton of great movies to be honest mm-hmm. But the fact that um, we know her name it could be because she's yeah. a great supporting actress and Where she's did I just draft phenomenal her? looking on screen British I drafted I drafted her in some oh in British oh. actors actors yeah 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 Okay, that's what it was. Because I remember looking at that during that top billing, and I was like, well, she's really not in a ton. But, but okay. Good that's pick. that, Nez. All right. I got back-to-back picks, baby. Let's go. My next pick is a personal favorite. Uh, I think a very common theme for this top billing, at least in my opinion, is a lot of villainous people. There's people who get typecast as villains a lot, um, and this is certainly someone. Uh, I'm going with John Carlo Esposito. I don't think I've ever seen him in a lead role, but I am constantly seeing him in villainous roles. He's in The Mandalorian. He's in uh, Breaking Bad. Um, And he is, yeah, I mean, I think he's always a supporting actor. Always. Uh, Oh, he's in The Boys, too. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's in The Boys. And people TV villain. Yeah, he is the go-to guy for if you want someone to play a movie or mainly a TV like antagonist. Like he is the guy. He's so menacing. Obviously, mm-hmm. it started off with Gus Fring. I this one didn't even cross my mind, but I love the pick. Um, uh, I can see him. Like people are talking about fan casting him as Doctor Doom in the MCU. That would be pretty cool. Oh my god, that would be sick. Yeah, so I could see. Like, I think it's only a matter of time before he joins the MCU. It seems like he really enjoys like these like franchises, right? Even if it's just like Breaking Bad expanding to Better Call Saul, and then obviously we already went through the boys and we went mm-hmm. through Mandalorian and everything. But I like that pick. Thank you. And my next pick is going to be uh, a personal favorite of mine. Another. 
very villainous person, but a very talented actress. And that is Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates, baby. She's amazing in all of her villainous roles. Just so Ricky Flicks makes fun of me, the first one I'm going to go with is Bobby's mom in The Water Boy. Um, no, but if you've ever seen uh, the American Horror Story Coven um, that season, she is like, I, I hate her so much in that movie. But she, there, she's in a ton of different movies where she's the star. She's uh, the number one. Uh, she's the villain. Uh, and she's very hateable. She's very good at playing somebody that you that you want to get angry at. She's really good at it, and she's an extremely talented actress. Extremely. So, so yeah, I wrote this one down just like I was every time before I start my research. Every time we do a top billing, I write down as many as I can off the top of my head. And I took her off my list because I recently just watched Misery, the Best Picture winner in 1991. I want to say mm-hmm. or 90. Uh, no, 90 movie, 91. And she won for best actress in a leading role. Mm. So like I took her off my list. Um, I, I think I, of, I think of I supporting did, immediately. I, no, I wasn't going to veto. I'm just saying I do think of her as a supporting actress. So it's funny that you mentioned that. So at the beginning of this top billing, um, or was it maybe it was before we even started recording and I was like, I was putting like finishing my list and I was like, so like, is it, people like they could never be in a in a in a lead role or because mm-hmm. i was looking at it and i looking at her imdb and i was like trying to figure it out and make my move there um but i th- i think yeah i think she's mostly in a supporting role for whatever reason because she's an amazing actress for sure um but it, this one i was a little bit uh i almost didn't include her in my top billing for that reason flicks but also if people want to watch misery great movie it's on hbo max again nice. best picture winner very mm-hmm. good besides i loved her in primary colors uh that's just another shout out i want to say Should john travolta know. emma thompson movie phenomenal movie and i highly recommend that one as well i think that one's on peacock but great pick um i just wanted to quickly say her in titanic also very good uh i i i, I think she is good at being a villain but she can do it all man like she's very versatile primary colors is a great example of that um Cause like she, as Ness says, like she is a good villain, but she could do it all, man. I could see her like potentially doing something in the MCU just for like, just for fun. You wow. know, she's accomplished so much and she's been won an Oscar. Like why not throw her in there somehow, you know? Cinematic universes are the devil. <laughs> but yeah, that's my pick. So it's back um, to flicks, right? Or is it you? Back again? to, back. it's a, no, back to. How many, I thought, did you pick two? Who's, who's one, one, you. Did Wait, you pick no. Tunez? I, th- I only heard Kathy Bates. Yeah, I picked um, Giancarlo Esposito. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. Then it is back to me. Okay. Come back to snake. me. I'm just going to keep very lost. Uh, I'll keep it simple. Same. Uh, Steve Buscemi. Uh, nice. Fargo. Uh, Big, Big Lebowski, not as much. He, kind of John Goodman kind of takes that ahead. But Steve Buscemi is just kind of that classic a very underrated actor that could be in its, his own lead, as you saw on Boardwalk Empire, uh, HBO show. Um, but he just doesn't ever get the lead in a movie, like ever. So uh, I love Steve Buscemi. He's kind of a creepy character, always a good villain, like you saw in Fargo. Kind of stole the show there, besides the France, a great performance by Francis McDormand as well. But Steve Buscemi, great actor. On my big board, for sure. He was, he was right there. I'm a huge fan. Huge fan. What do you have had, to say? 
I had him on the big board too. Um, for hard not to. I, I'm a fan of Boardwalk Empire. I think that's an HBO show that kind of gets swept under the rug by other people because it's not The Sopranos. It's not Game of Thrones. It's not, I mean, whatever's like hot in the streets. People kind of forgot about it. It was right after The Sopranos, but he's so good in that. And uh, obviously Reservoir Dogs. That's like iconic Steve Buscemi. So I like it. You never won an Oscar. Oh, yeah. and Dr. O, he's in one of your favorite movies of last decade, Death of Stalin. Oh my God, he is amazing in The Death of Stalin. If you haven't seen The Death of Stalin, highly recommend it. I want to review it on this podcast so bad, so bad. Oh, it in soon. It's one of like uh, it's one of the few rewatchable comedies in like the past few years. It seems like that's becoming lost, but it's like obviously it takes place right after the death of Stalin. But it's in it's in the Soviet Union, but they're all using like regular American accents while they're playing these historical figures that are known as being like these brutal commies and stuff. It's very very funny. Highly recommend to those who haven't seen. All right. All right. Dr. Rowe. On Netflix. Um, I, I, I mean, I'm going Morgan Freeman. I'm going Morgan Freeman. Like, I mean, wow. how is he not, how is he lasting wow. the fourth round? Like we're talking, I mean, I just have to say one word and it's Shawshank. I have to say red. I can say Shawshank. I can go, obviously I can go to the dark Knight uh, trilogy. So Morgan, good. Morgan Freeman, like, I know Driving Miss Daisy, we're going back to 1985, but like post-1985, man, he is nothing but supporting roles. And we talked about the iconic Christopher Walken voice. I mean, Morgan Freeman might be like the most recognizable, calm, serene voice in the history of voices. He played God. He played God. When you think of anyone playing God, everyone's like, Who else would Morgan you Freeman. Yeah. Morgan Freeman. So I'm so happy I got him in the fourth round. That's awesome. Good pick. Great pick. Honestly, a little upset with myself that he's not on my big board. Um, almost worthy of a first round pick. If you honestly, you could, if you wanted so to good. great value in that pick for sure. Terrific value. I definitely, I thought of him. I just too nervous to pick him. I don't know why this, this uh, draft is getting into my head, but your last pick, Dr. O. I have to go with a female. I'm going to pick someone that is dark. It's part of Mayo's favorite universe with the Harry Potter franchise. Someone that's been in David Fincher films, and that is Helena Bonham Carter. I'm going with her as my fifth round pick um, to round out my draft. She talk about someone that's just like almost typecast and be that villainous antagonist character. She's has she just looks like she has a dark past when you just look in her eyes. So she's got a little bit of those crazy eyes. They got a little action going there. It's like, oh, stay away from her. Bellatrix Lestrange. Um, I thought she was amazing in Fight Club, but I'm um, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Helena Bonham Carter as my last pick. Excellent, excellent pick, Doctor O. I have You're a complete fire. draft here. You're boys. on fire right I got now. Got a complete yeah. draft. No, this here. is probably your Holy best draft smokes. ever. Right? Yeah. Here. Heating up. Jesus, this guy is on fire. Well, Good pick Bellatrix. Locked in. Locked great. in. Bellatrix is great. Again, one of my favorite Harry Potter characters. Mm. Menacing. Well, great pick, Doctor O. That rounds out your draft. I'm just going to go my final one. It might be a hard O pick, but I don't think I'm winning this right now at the moment, but you never know. I'm going Sally Field. Mm. This is another similar one where she has been nominated as a lead actress before, but she's also, when you think of her, you're thinking Lincoln. You're thinking her on her knees to to Daniel Day-Lewis yelling at him, saying she's going to 
if her son goes to the war, she's just going to kill herself. You're going to think of her and Forrest Gump saying life is like a box of chocolates. You're going to think of her and Mrs. Doubtfire being Robin Williams's ex. You're, you just think of her as that supporting character, not necessarily those roles that she was in the leading, similar to Kathy Bates. So I'm just going to go a little hard out here. Southfield. Hardo. <laughs> I like I like Sally Field. Um, I think like one of the roles I, I keep bringing. I, I'm obviously bringing up superhero movies. I got Guardians of the Galaxy right behind my right shoulder here. But I thought she was actually pretty good as Aunt May in spite in the Amazing Spider Man. I enjoyed her like even more so than my own pick, Marissa Tomei as Aunt May. I think she was like she's a little older, wiser, almost more meant for the role. But I mean, you're going with Miss Gump. We shouted her out last podcast. Um. Yeah, I, I I don't disagree. I can't really hate on Sally Field. She she's a saint. Yeah. All right, Nez, your final pick, Miss Miss or Miss. It's a Mister. I'm going with Mister here. Mister. Um, but I can't. I don't know which one to go with. So I'm gonna go with one, and then you guys let me know if you're gonna veto it, and then we will. No uh, vetoes yet. All right. Um, I'm going with Don Cheadle. Supporting. Easily. Yeah. Solid. All right. Don Cheadle is my Mr. Relevant fifth round pick uh, of this top milling draft. Um, Excellent in the MCU and in um, the Oceans movies, even though there's only one good Oceans movie. But um, I think he's excellent. and He cracks me up in those movies. And um, and I can't I I always I'm sorry. I'm really bad at remembering like what movies each person's. But I know every time I see Don Cheadle on the screen. Oh, he's in Crash. Space Jam 2. He's in Space Jam 2. He's a war machine as well. <laughs> crash, crash. And Iron Man 2 and on. Exactly. Exactly. So um, every time I see Don Hotel Rwanda. movie, it's pretty good. Hotel Rwanda. Yeah, it's one, he, like, is he the lead in that, role. though? Yeah. yeah, but like that's like, it's the same it's thing like the we one, were just yeah. discussing. It's like Kathy yeah. Bates. Yeah, exactly. He's known as the side, like a side character. Right, you're right. Sure. So Don Cheadle. Role. Yeah, that's my guy. What I, do you guys I, think? Go ahead, go I was ahead. just going to say, you don't like Ocean's 13. I'm assuming the only one you were saying is Ocean's 11 that you like. Do you not like Ocean's 13? No. Oh, I like Ocean's 13. Oh, Are you serious? Yes. I have to rewatch 12 and 13. I, I, I watch like, them I, I like Ocean's 13. I don't, it's obviously nowhere near 11. 11's an all time movie. Ocean's 11 itself. is great. It's an all time movie. 12? Terrible. Is like one of the worst. It's like a comically bad movie. Yeah. Ocean's I agree. 13 is like, I okay, it. it's better than Ocean's 12. And then you get towards the end, you're just like, it's no. Ocean's what? 13 is what's going to be on TNT all the time. And you're just like, oh, I'll, I'll watch it. That's no, where no, it, I yes, it is. I can't. Yes, it is. R- it Ricky is a Flex. cable this, movie. This, it, to that, the max. You know what that movie is? Okay. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm not going to watch you, it. Every you're time. having your friends over. You're planning on going out later. You got to throw something on. Even when even uh, you have like even some light music playing, you got bops going. You'll throw on Ocean 12 or 13. Just like, okay, it's the oceans. One of the best casts of all time. Right. So it's going to be. So- Sometimes when I want to feel better about myself, I throw on the Ocean's 12 laser dodging scene. That's just one of the worst things I've ever seen in my entire life. I remember watching this and just being like shocked, like in awe that, that they even released this. Like it was so comically bad. Right. And then they got another movie. It's just insane. But Ocean's Eleven, love that movie. Don, my favorite Don Cheetah line in any movie um is uh when it's oceans 11 he's underneath uh, the sewer grate or i forgot what it was he's just uh, covered in crap and he goes to the team he goes like what in deep bonnie you know, <laughs> and they're looking at him and he's like bonnie bonnie rubble 
trouble trouble it's my favorite don cheeto line that's why i say it all the time and i like I, i'll even like say it to like uh i mean my friends i'll just be like we're, we're in barney right now we're in barney those I'm deep barney. i'm gonna start doing that now deep even though my english right now, my accent is so bad as evidenced many times many a times trouble. on this podcast <laughs> but yeah yeah, that's good pick. Wait, that's a good last pick, I think. Uh, that was a good Mr. Irrelevant. Mm-hmm. But before we do honorable mentions, let me just read off the draft, uh, each of our drafts, and then I'll throw it over to you guys for some honorable mentions. So Dr. O has Joe Pesci, J.K. Simmons, Marisa Tomei, Morgan Freeman, and Helena Bonham Carter. Carter. Ricky Flix has Christoph Waltz, Sam Rockwell, Kira Knightley, Steve Buscemi, and Sally Field. Nez has Christopher Walken, Catherine Hahn, Giancarlo Esposito, Kathy Bates, and Don Cheadle. Uh, Nez, any honorable mentions? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. What? Oh, no. What? I had them in the notes on my phone. Uh, Willem Dafoe. <laughs> mm. Willem Recent- Dafoe, yes or no? Been, well, like the Lighthouse, he had the lead, and then he was mm-hmm. also Van Gogh. Florida Project his, as well. He's been yeah, his, recently If you a look lot. deeper in his career, though, I would agree. Like, if you go mm-hmm. back to Mississippi Burning, even like when he's playing the villain in Spider-Man, like mm-hmm. he... Like he was mostly supporting up until recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, English, uh, English patient. Like he usually is supporting. So I wouldn't have vetoed, but I would have mentioned that for sure. I think that yeah. would have been a good pick. Any others? Uh, not me. No. Doc, hold on to your butts. I got a lot here. I got a lot here. Okay. Um, Michael Caine, one. Uh, oh, one. I can't believe you didn't get drafted. Is Samuel Jackson? I think is one of the best. I would have vetoed. Players. Really? I would have vetoed for like, sure. Wait, what? what, what, what is it, was it he's Snakes Jackie on a Brown. Plane? He's like, an A-list actor. He's so? always Jackie Brown, the, Snakes on a Plane. Old, snakes on a Plane, Shaft. Jackie the, Brown is supporting. You could argue that no, he's the but, main. You could argue that he's the main character of Hateful Eight. Oh yeah, he is. Yeah, he I guess, but I, he's I, I, he's in so many supporting roles. Just because, he's in the he's the highest grossing actor of all time. Like that, in most of those roles are not in the lead role. But he, but he can carry a lead role. Like if you look down all of our lists, like I think none of them, like none of them would be an A-list actor that would carry a movie besides Samuel Jackson if he was picked. Morgan Freeman. Yeah, but Morgan Freeman never has done. Back in the day, Samuel Jackson like does box office like Shaft. Okay, like those. I see what you're saying. You know? Snakes on a plane. We went over that one. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of those type of movies. Fine. I'll, I'll, I'll get back to. I'll hone in more on the supporting aspect. Michael Shannon, I had on my list. Uh, John C. Riley. Um, one of me and Ricky Flix's personal favorites, Ike Barinholtz. <laughs> Ike. And then I, lastly, for, for males, I had Cillian, uh, Killian Murphy. I've been in the Peaky, Peaky Blinders lately. I think Christopher Nolan moves. I think Killian Murphy. By the way, like Peaky Blinders, I, I, fi- I just finished season two. I'm not going to spoil anything. But what kind of deal did the Arctic Monkeys have with Peaky Blinders <laughs> and Netflix? This the is Arctic insane. Monkeys were really popping at the time. They're in every episode every single episode it's usually a different song i'm like dude this they just make the entire soundtrack to the show except for the opening song yeah but uh you want me to go to actresses or we just want to yeah. go through the actors first oh i guess i'll go some actors here uh ben foster ooh uh paul giamatti um <gasps> i would have picked him mark strong uh just always a villain and everything just very recognizable and uh robert duvall just he's as he's always been known, similar to uh, like a Joe Pesci, just always in with the great directors and always supporting role. And then final one, I have no idea how to pronounce his name. Um, Dejamon Hunsu, 
Kijiman Hanso. Yeah, Amistad, uh, the the Amistad, the Gladiator. Gladiator, like you know. So those are all I had for actors, actresses, Doc. Uh, I was I was pretty short on this category. I I was happy I got Helena Bottom Carter, but um, Allison Janney is good. And I Tanya, I really liked her. It's someone that is like I don't know any of the movies she's the lead in, but Laura Dern I thought would have been an entertaining pick on my big board. She's like awesome. Marriage Story. Even like if I go back to Jurassic Park, like it's just she is uh mainly a supporting role and she does really well in them. So she's like, great. Like, that's really and then I had Octavia Spencer. Yeah, yeah. Octavia Spencer's like one where she just recently tried to do a lead in Ma and it just went horrible for her. Right. And it's just yeah. So obviously I never saw that movie. But I, I hear I actually it. Uh, really i couldn't get i heard pe- people said it was like surprisingly good like the trailer really? like it's, it looks like one of those movies where you know it's going to be terrible Maybe I just have to w- but then try people to that i said on. saw it said it was like wow it's actually not awful hmm. that being said i could not sit down and watch that i, I didn't get to really the first bad. act so maybe i have to get to the first act but mm, uh potentially you, you let me know how that goes <laughs> and then uh <laughs> i had joan kuzak on my list um let's see tilda swinton I was about to say Tilda Swinton. Tilda. <laughs> uh, Okja on Netflix. That's a Jake Gyllenhaal and uh Bon Joon-ho movie. Tilda Swinton's like the villain in that. Uh, she's great in that. Kate Mara. And finally, Leslie Mann, who's like always Paul Rudd's wife and everything. Oh, yeah. You're right. Oh, my God. She's married to Judd Apatow. Oh, uh, yeah. That makes sense. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Fun fact but, for the kids. But very well done, boys. That does it for our top billing of supporting supporting actors. Nez, throw it back to you. All right. Thank you, Ricky Flicks. That will conclude this episode of the Drive-In Podcast. Thank you for listening, and please leave us a review wherever you're listening to this and rate us five stars. Next week, we will be reviewing Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead, starring Dave Bautista. It is in theaters now and on Netflix this Friday, May 21st, so make sure you tune in for that. Thank you very much for listening, as always, and we will smell you. You didn't hide, you knew I wanted just to hold you And had you gone, you knew in time we'd meet again For I'd have told you Ooh, you were meant to be me